Hey, this is Dean Winchester. Thanks for checking out Supernatural Speakeasy Podcast. Don't forget to get a like, subscribe, do all that other crazy crap. Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode of Supernatural Speakeasy. I'm Natasha and this is Michelle. Hey! This week we're going to read Season 2, Episode 7, Usual Suspects. Okay, this is your spoiler warning. We're going to talk about all things supernatural. So, if you don't want anything spoiled for you, leave now, watch some Supernatural, and come right back. On the road so far, the boys dealt with a nasty spirit that was the first serial killer. With Joe's help, the boys rescue the latest victim and make sure H.H. Holmes doesn't hurt anyone again. We also learned in that episode that that was actually based on a real person, H.H. Holmes. That's the actual dude's name. And we learned a lot of creepy, freaky, messed up stuff that he did. Anyways, back to the current episode, The Usual Suspects. In the opening, a SWAT team bursts into a motel room where Sam is. Meanwhile, Dean is being held by law enforcement for suspicion of murder. Now, this is another... I'm just not a fan of these openings where there's nothing supernatural going on. But it's fine. It's fine. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. In the opening, Sam is also questioned and pressed for information. Um, Well, I guess rather they bust him in a hotel room. I think I like totally didn't write that right in my notes, but that's fine. (laughs) I'm not gonna lie. It took me a, a, a couple, it took me a little bit to really get into the episode just because again, it didn't start out supernatural. So I'm like, uh, what? But the show is called supernatural. Why? Sam shares with this detective that their father and Tony Giles were old friends. Okay, so basically, there's this dude named Anthony Giles, and he's been murdered, and Dean, they suspect Dean is the murderer, and that's why they're questioning Sam. So... He tells them that Tony and their father were old friends and the boys started um, traveling um, to town as soon as they learned of his death. So basically, Sammy is kind of spinning to this detective, spinning a story about this person that was friends with their dad. And the audience sees that what really happened was that they were just on another hunt. So the fact that this was some family friend was just a cover story. So what really happened is that the boys went on this case that revealed that this Anthony Giles died from his throat being slit. But there was no evidence to show he was murdered and cameras failed to capture anyone. Now, the boys go to speak to this dude's widow, who said Anthony had a nightmare before he died, 
and that he woke up in the middle of the night and saw a pale woman with dark red eyes standing at the foot of his bed. <gasps> what? <laughs> and she's just very like, it was just a nightmare. What's the big deal? And I'm just like, okay. If I woke up in the middle of the night and I saw a lady with blood red eyes and like throat slit, I would scream. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. She must be a heavy sleeper because apparently she didn't see it. <laughs> the boys go to Anthony Giles' office because that's where he was murdered. And they see a page on his desk full of a name that shows Dana Schultz. Written over and over and over and over and over and over and over. The name was also kind of smudged on the desk, which was kind of odd. They don't, they're having trouble finding anything else. So Dean leaves to go speak to the widow again, her na- whose name is Karen, while Sam keeps searching around. Unfortunately, Dean's too late because by the time he arrives at Karen's house, she's been murdered by the pale woman with red eyes. No. And Dean, in that room where she's lying on the floor dead, he sees a printer nearby that has pages full of the name Dana Schultz again. And so he examines the body. Of course, this um, Karen, she was getting creeped out by this big red-eyed Spirit lady freaks out, calls 911, and some I think the phone cuts out or something to where she can't complete the call. Yeah. So Dean doesn't know that she called 911. So he's bent over her body. He picks up um, her wrist, I think, and gets blood on his hands. And of course, that's when the police come inside <laughs> just in time to see Dean literally red-handed because <laughs> he's got blood her blood on his hands and so that's when they take dean into custody so now we're kind of back to where we started at the beginning where they've got the boys at the station in separate rooms and they're trying to question them to figure out what in the world is going on at the station um Both Dean and Sam are kind of left alone for a little bit, and we can see them simultaneously think about that sheet that says Dana, that said Dana, (laughs) (laughs) that sheet that said Dana Schultz over and over again. And thinking that, oh, maybe it's not a name, maybe it's an anagram. So they're both trying to figure out what the anagram could be and Dean with the help of his appointed public defender figures out that Ashland is the name of a street not far from the police station so they're able to he was able to make Ashland from those letters but it really bugged me that there were still a couple of letters left over but we'll get to that later Dean asks the lawyer to give this information to Sam in the other room. And then Dean decides he's going to confess. So 
<laughs> the detectives have a camera. They bring back the lawyer in and tell Dean to talk straight into the camera. And Dean tells the truth. He explains that he and Sammy believe they're dealing with a spirit. And said spirit was trying to communicate. What looks like Dana Schultz is actually the street name Ashland. Ashland or Ashland? Because I heard it both pronounced heard it pronounced both ways. I'm going to say Ashland. Whatever. Moving on. <laughs> Whatever the connection is, Ashland is probably where it all started. So one of the detectives... Detective Ballard, she goes into the ladies' room, and the lights are flickering. Now, I will say, before she goes into the ladies' room, she's typing up a report on her computer, and all of a sudden, Dana Schultz, those letters just fill up her entire screen. And then, as quickly as they appeared, they disappeared. And she's looking around, trying to see if... She's getting punked or something. And no, nobody's acting out of the ordinary and whatever. It was just a weird, creepy thing that happened. So when she goes into the restroom, the lights are flickering. She goes over to a sink and the hot water turns on all by itself. Then all the other sinks do the same until the room fills with steam. Now... This isn't a one of those automatic sinks. This is one of those you have to turn the knob to turn the water on. So, yeah. All by itself, the room steams up, fills up with steam, and the detective sees the letters that make Dana Schultz being written on the mirror. And then she decides to wipe that off and... As she does, she sees the spirit behind her. She turns around, and it looks like it's trying to communicate with her. I thought the scene was so creepy. Um, first, you're all the lights are being weird, and then all of these sinks just come on by themselves. Which, okay, maybe the plumbing's all weird and wacky. Fine. But having... Seeing... A mirror, ha you know, having letters written on it, but nobody's there to write said letters? That's a little unsettling. And then you turn around, and there's this spirit lady that's got her throat slit. She looks awful and scary and creepy, and her communicating... It's not talking we hear. It's like, <laughs> oh, my God, which makes sense because her throat's been slit. Um, oh, my gosh. That just, it freaked me out. I, I just thought it was really scary. I'm like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> and the detective doesn't scream and run away like I would. She just kind of stands there, and I'm like, what? What's wrong with you? The detective, what she does do, she goes back to Dean to ask more questions about the spirit. 
And Dean tells her to go to Sam for help because he notices around her wrists some kind of bruising. And he tells her that she's gonna die next because the other victims had the same kind of markings on their bodies. So at the motel, Sam shows Detective Ballard um, that's her name, by the way. There's two de- main detectives we're dealing with, but um, the one that got scared in the bathroom that's trying to get help from Sam, she's Detective Ballard. Um, so Sam shows her Photos of every person that has died or gone missing from Ashland Street. And asks her to see if she recognizes anybody. And she does. And the photo she recognized is the spirit that she saw in the bathroom. And they find out that her name is Claire. And she was, I believe, taken in... For, I guess she was a heroin dealer or something. Anyways, she went missing and the last place she was seen was on Ashland Street. So Sam tells her that they need to go to Ashland Street to find the body so they can salt and burn it to put it to rest. Sam and Detective Ballard search a dilapidated building... And that's when the spirit reaches out to Detective Ballard and disappears. Again, oh my gosh, you're in a dark, creepy building. And Ghost Lady shows up and she's reaching out for you. And I'm like, how are you not running away? She does scream this time for Sam to come over. <laughs> um, the spirit disappears before Sam goes over there. But... Um, she tells him that she was she appeared initially in front of this window. So they clear some things away from the window. And they see that it's a got some kind of wording on it that you would see on a place of business. And the sunlight showing through the window on the wall across from the window read Ashland Sup. I'm assuming the SUP, which were the missing letters, thank goodness, because I was still thinking, okay, Ashland, that's a street, that's great. What about the missing letters? The missing letters, SUP, now now we know where the missing letters came from. So I believe it was supposed to say Ashland Supplies, but the remaining PLIS letters um, were worn away. Because, again, this building was an old old building that was falling apart. Sam turns on his EMF uh, detector and walks over to the wall where the letters are shining from the window. And it turns red and starts going crazy. So Sam decides to take a sledgehammer and knock a hole in the wall and he looks inside and he says yeah there's definitely something in here so he tears open the wall and pulls out a body and it is claire's body and detective ballard noticed that she had a necklace that 
Claire was wearing that it's identical to one that her partner Pete gave her. Dun, dun, dun. And then Sam explains to Detective Ballard that Claire isn't a vengeful spirit. She's a death omen, a spirit that wants justice. Sam also mentions that Claire isn't the one killing people, but trying to warn them, which is why Detective Ballard isn't dead yet. So he asks her how well she knows her partner. And we learn from Detective Ballard that some heroin went missing from a lockup. And they couldn't figure out who took it, except that it was a cop that had to have done it. Oh, man. So Sam and the detective are driving towards the station, but they find out that Pete, her partner, just decided out of the blue to take Dean to be transferred to St. Louis. Pete decides to stop in the middle of the woods to kill Dean. <laughs> and Detective Ballard and Sam arrive before he tries to shoot Dean. She shoots him in the leg, but then he tackles her. I mean, dang, I guess, I don't know. Wow, he must be really desperate to not have people know that he's a dirty cop, because I would think you would not be able to do that. Um, Pete tackles Detective Ballard, and we learn that Pete was the one who killed Tony and Tony's wife, Karen. Tony scrubbed the money clean from the sale of the heroin that Claire was doing. The wife probably knew about the scheme when Tony wanted to come clean. Claire's spirit distracts Pete because he is trying. He's got his gun pointed at Detective Ballard now. And he hears a noise behind him. It's Claire's spirit. And as soon as Pete is distracted, Detective Ballard shoots Pete, killing him instantly. And she decides to let Sam and Dean go. That, you know, Dean's not going to get pinned for this murder because Pete just kind of wrapped that up in a nice little bow. But the stuff that went down in St. Louis, she can't do anything about. So Dean and Sam take off. And that's where our episode ends. And at the end, they ask her about where the Impala is, and she says that's in their impound lot. And not to even try to get it. But we know they get it <laughs> back somehow. I'm wondering how they get it. I rate this episode... Four out of five Impalas. I will say, I was initially going to give it a lower score. Again, just because the whole, um, I don't know, the cop, un, the very unsupernatural beginning of it all, really, like, it just wasn't doing it for me. But as soon as we saw the spirit ghosty, 
then I got a lot better and a lot creepier. So, uh, in the end, I have decided to give this episode a four out of five Impalas. What do you think, Natasha? Um, I don't know why, but I kind of like the, the how this episode went. Um, as far as like how they showed him getting caught, and then coming back and forth, like, and then how it came full circle. I kind of like stories like that. I don't know why, but um, I don't know, thought it was a good episode. Um, <laughs> uh, you're probably gonna mention this. The, um, the, the a lady cop, Linda Blair. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> but um, at the end of the episode, when they were walking away, she was like, does she look familiar to you? <laughs> she was like, no, why? <laughs> but I don't know. It's nothing. He's like, you hungry? <laughs> for some reason, I could go for some pea soup. I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that was one of my trivia tidbits that I was going to share that uh, the detective, for those of you that don't know, the detective played by actress Linda Blair played Reagan in The Exorcist and her vomit resembled split pea soup, which was actually used in the film. (laughs) So gross. And I didn't even know until I read the trivia that that's who that was. That's who that actress was. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, oh my gosh, that's awesome! <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I've never seen the movie, and I'm like, the pictures alone scare me to not watch it. I don't, those kind of movies always creep me out. So I'm like, no, I, I can't <laughs> watch those kind of movies. I'm like, Mm-mm. <laughs> Not less Sam and Dean are there, right? <laughs> Every time my husband and I watch any kind of horror movie, we're always telling each other, you know, they could have solved this problem easily if Sam and Dean were there. <laughs> um, another piece of trivia I found was that this is the first episode where Dean does not refer to Sam as Sammy. And also, this episode is set in Baltimore, the town where Edgar Allan Poe died. He was famous for such stories as the Castle of Amontillado, where a victim is concealed inside a brick wall. P.S. I'm not sure how to say that. Amontillado, that's how I want to say it, because... You know, that's how I would read it in Spanish. I don't know. Oh, and I said castle. Oh, my gosh. Let me start over. (laughs) He was famous for such stories as the cask of Amontillado, where a victim is concealed inside a brick wall. So this story was based on something Poe witnessed during his military service at one of the forts in the Boston Harbor. Spooky! Uh, the part where the defender came in and Dean asked him for a pen and paper so he could write out, you know, the anagrams to figure out what it was. <laughs> and he called him Matlock. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> and he's like, he gave it to my brother. So he goes to give it to Sam. And 
Tatum calls on Matt Locke. <laughs> I, was like, oh, no. I love it. it. <laughs> I think that was my favorite part. It's like, man, you guys really are brothers, aren't you? Yes, yes, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> um, oh, I kind of like this episode. Oh, yeah, it ended up really, it, it turned out pretty good in the end. I will have Dean and Cass let everyone know where they can reach us on our socials. Tell us hi or something that you liked about this episode. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a nice um, rating or comment on the platform that you're listening to. Spread the word so other Supernatural fans, we can all revel in the Supernatural adventures of Sam and Dean. Anyways, until next time, carry on, everyone. Thanks, everybody, for watching. This is Dean Winchester. Uh, Don't forget to check out uh, Supernatural Speakeasy on Facebook, also Instagram at SPN. And then one of those little little under dash things and then speakeasy. Uh, here's my buddy Cass to read out the Twitter. Uh, Dean, I I don't really know what I'm doing here, but uh, follow these people on what is it? Uh, Twitter. What's a Twitter? Twitter at SPN speakeasy.